Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis, where we invite you into honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. Welcome to season three. Hey guys, welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast. We have, I know I say this every single time, but I do love our guests. Today we have author Krista Hardin. She is a counselor. She is an incredible human being, and I'm excited for what she's going to share on the podcast today. Krista and I connected on Instagram as our books came out the exact same day uh, last month. And as we're talking about this process of forgiveness this month uh, on the podcast, in our newsletter, we thought that Krista's uh, episode would be a great episode to release as a bonus episode this month because in order to forgive, you have to understand the heart of your spouse. And what Krista talks about is motive. Uh, she's an author of Enneagram in Your Marriage, and she was going to help us understand the heart of our spouse so that we can offer forgiveness and be forgiven. And so we hope you enjoy this episode of the Let's Get Real podcast. Well, welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. And we are here today with an incredible guest yes. and one that um, has kind of looked into the depths of our soul with her new book. Her name is Krista Harden. And uh, Krista, thanks so much for being with us today. I am so happy to be here with you guys. I love your marriage. I love what you're doing in the world. I love your beautiful book you just put out. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, what I'm so excited about, I want to ask you a little bit kind of about your background in just a second here. But um, one of the most fun things about having you on today is I am such a team spirited person. Like if the Lord gave me the talent of like singles tennis, I would just be so sad. I love being like in a team. And yes. so it was so fun that you and Justin actually met each other via seeing your books being released into the world. And yes. then they were like going back and forth in the number one position in the marriage category on Amazon. And then you did this most beautiful thing. Instead of being like, who is that dude who's knocking me out of one? <laughs> you actually reached out and were so um, kind and generous to say, hey, we both have these books. And then it like just developed this friendship. So I just, I want everyone to know one, how awesome you are um, without even really meeting you. But oh. now share kind of with those who may not be familiar with you a little bit about yourself and your passion uh, for what you do. Oh, thank you so much. I just, upon seeing your vision as a couple, Justin's book, beautiful title, I was like, this book needs to be talked about. Like, thank you for just bringing authenticity. So that goes mm -hmm. so well with my book that I want people to be able to, in marriage, be who they are and be loved for who they are, even mm -hmm. as we're always trying to strive for better. So that's sort of always been my platform is how do we work together with our differences? I've been doing this work forever, uh, for 20 mm -hmm. years professionally, but long before that as a kid, even with family and friends. And, and so it's just nice for me to see people partnering globally to get this message out of like, let's be real together because being real is what creates this amazing support system. So I'm so mm. glad you felt that love. And that's my goal with everyone I work with or whom my book touches is that they would feel so supported in this mm. growth journey. That's amazing. The, the book is called The Enneagram in Marriage. And we're going to 
spend the rest of the episode talking about that, but I'd love just to hear, we'd love just to hear a little bit about your family, kind of your background. You're not just an author, you're also a counselor and uh, you, you have a, you have a beautiful family. So tell us a little bit about you. Well, my family uh, got some roots. I got some roots in Detroit and I really enjoyed meeting my husband there in high school. We were an opposites attract pairing. If you hear our story <laughs> inside of our books, we were just opposite ends of the spectrum. There's even more backstory as you guys know that you can't always put inside of a book, but the drama around just even hearing his name for the first time, I revolted inside when my friend told me there's this new cute guy at school. And he was like this particular type of person. I was like, ugh. (laughs) 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 And I literally was like, then if he's like that, you or me don't stand a chance. And I don't care. I already have a boyfriend. Um, and I was thinking in my head, just don't even get your hopes up. This guy sounds like he thinks he's all that, you know, and it's like God's sense of humor to be like, that's your husband. (laughs) 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 So thankfully we did end up really finding one another's hearts and care and love, even in a crazy, both of us had a lot of trauma in our family. So we became one another safe place. And uh, when we ended up doing our graduate work at Wheaton College together, we really committed at that time. And I can still remember the prayer. In fact, I found the prayer the other day in my journal. And I said, Lord, I just want us to be a new generation, like that new Moses generation who crosses over the desert and brings everybody into a different legacy and life and so much healthier. Mm-hmm. And so that's the legacy my professors taught me in my clinical psychology grad with this emphasis on marriage and family. That's the one I've tried to carry through. And the Enneagram has been a great tool to sharpening that. It's never the only tool. It's going to be integrated in all of the marriage and family systems work I continue to learn and did learn. But it's been a great nuance as we were all laughing before we got on to just sort of pegging people a little sooner, getting to our core roots a little deeper. So yeah, we use it in my family all the time. (laughs) Well, I say like the Enneagram is the best tool to not Mm. take personal what is personal. Mm, that's that a good way of saying it. There's so many times we're like, dude, like, why would you say that? Or why would you do that? Like, yeah. and we take it so personal that they must be responding solely because of me. And then, you know, learning the Enneagram is this opportunity to go, okay, that wasn't personal. That was their wiring. My mm. friend, uh, Jackie Brewster, who's an Enneagram coach, she said to me, cause I was kind of anti-Enneagram for a long time. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand it. I just was like, and that's not normally my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a rule follower at heart, but I'm mm. not a trend follower. Mm-hmm. I'm so weird. But so like with the Enneagram, I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, But she said, you know, the Enneagram is not an excuse and it's not a weapon. It's an opportunity to understand. And I was Mm. like, ooh, okay. And that just really opened me up to like being willing. And now, like you said, I wish we would have had this in the very Mm. beginning because it would have helped curb a lot. And even reading your book, uh, you, you section it in a way that's just like very powerful. And it's so digestible and it's very uh, applicable. You know, sometimes uh, there's, you know, there's books out there on personality types and they kind of talk over, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I do is I read and write at a fourth grade level. And so Mm -hmm. I appreciate (laughs) you can be, you can be profound and don't have, you don't have to be complicated to be profound. And Mm -hmm. I think your book is profound. But yeah. it's not complicated. It's digestible. Um, so you. you and your husband, did you get married at Wheaton or after you guys graduated from Wheaton? You have you have kids? 
We got married after our undergrad. So we okay. were, I was this very eager type seven and he was from a very Southern Appalachia family. And they were like, why weren't you married at 18? And then they were literally like, why were you married at 16? Like we were. And then <laughs> we lived so in the like, South. We understand. You understand. They were literally like, you're freaking 20 years old and you're not engaged. So we got engaged at 20, married at 21, went off to grad school together. He got a master's in theology, went on to get his, um, PA degree. So he has, he's a medical practitioner now. And I uh, ended up staying with my uh, psychology that I always knew I was sort of made for. Um, and we have Hannah Melody and Jack and Hannah is 18 and she's going to be going into the health sciences as well. She's going to be doing dance therapy. She's a type four. And then Melody Jane is a, not a type nine, but she is uh, also a dancer and an artist. And my son, Jack is uh, plays soccer, does theater, and he is six ish. Of course, many of you listening are probably like, we don't type our kids. But what's fun about helping them to nurture their gifts is to just notice he's a thinker, you know, he needs to process. And so I don't know his type, but I know he's a thinker. And I do know my daughter's types and how helpful it's been to walk with them through their types, through the complexities of high school and early college. It's been a real gift to hear uh, Melody mm. find her voice as a type nine. For those who know the Enneagram mm. system, that type often yeah. doesn't feel like they do have a voice. And she's yeah. so powerful now that she has found it and yet so loving in Christ. And then, uh, you know, Hannah's artist gift as a four, she needs to be nurtured and shown self-esteem in Christ. And that's been a huge part of her testimony, she said, was actually finding out she was a four and why she was struggling with self-esteem and knowing her identity in Christ. So we've been able to sort of have our family glow as we're growing together. And I've had, yeah, there's a lot of growing you do, as you guys know. You have a yeah. beautiful family too. Well, it's funny that I mean we have a we have a nine in we, our we, oh. have, we have every number <gasps> except for seven. <laughs> oh my god! Although our son is dating a seven, so if they got married, it would com- be complete. So we don't have a seven. We don't have a one either. And one. Okay. So there's no fun and no organization. <laughs> this is um, our two types. We make a complete enneagram between our families. <laughs> Um, but, oh but our son, our son is a nine son. and yeah. he, he's 20 and he just kind of moved into this mm. season of life where he's finding his voice. Wow. And I, I, I think I'm I saw you post on, on, uh, Instagram, like a meme that said, uh, like mm. an Instagram nine that says, um, mm. I'm going to be more confrontational if it's okay with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think you posted that on your story a couple nights ago. I read it. I was reading it out loud to Trish. And then our other son is a four, yeah. and he's going through grad school right now. Oh. But oh. understanding his type, he just moved home to go to grad school. Um, that nurturing aspect of him needing nurturing. Yes. And I can tell when he's in that in that mode because he'll go to Trish and not me. Not me. Yes. Oh, mama's got her heart space. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, and even um, I just always joke that our next book has to be um, adulting with your adult kids. Oh, yes. Because mm. there's just not a book for that. And, yes. you know, it just, it's very interesting, but wow. even the Enneagram has been helpful conversations. Like last night, um, our son going through grad school had a pretty profound, like milestone and not like a, a good way. It was kind of like a heartbreaking, like today mm-hmm. marks an anniversary of such and such. And we were just mm-hmm. talking about that through the lens mm-hmm. of our Enneagrams, how we respond, you know, to different situations. And so could you yeah. explain like um, your definition of like the Enneagram glow? Like what, wh- how would you define that? 
Uh, I would say that it's the ways we shine and cast shadows into the world. And I think that our unique gifts will help us to do that in very particular ways. So whereas your son has got these awesome gifts, there's these places that are harder and kind of like the dark side of the moon that you guys are now getting this nuance to. So you can dance with him in a way that is more profound as a family instead of what we often do in family, which is this clumsy missing of one another and really intending to do what we would want to do, which is to love them the way they need to be loved. But it can take Mm. so long to figure out just what's going on. So it's so nice that you guys were able to do that. And that's really the definition of the glow is to shine together in our gifts, to Mm. offset and balance one another with our gifts, and to be able to cast a stronger, brighter light for Christ out there with that gift. I love that. One of the things I really appreciate about your heart and even the book, you know, so many Enneagram coaches, we, we love ourselves, right? Like there's a, there, there's a selfish aspect to all of us. Yes. And a lot of books are written to help you understand you. The heart of right. your book and, and ministry really is to understand yourself, but then also to understand the Enneagram so you can understand your spouse better. How, how did you make that distinction and, and how did you, you know, write this book with, with that heart in mind? Mm, thank you, guys. That's a great question. I have always wanted to help people understand one another since I was a little girl. One of the memories that stands out to me is even from my parents, they would, dad was an eight, mom was nine-ish. And it was like, you know, really at times there would be these two body types at odds with each other. Or for those who don't know, I just mean two people who are very instinctual and it felt like I wanted to have joy and peace in my family. And I could tell that when I helped them to really understand each other's positionings, cause I could hear this is how you're not bad. You're not a villain. You're not a hero. Um, and I felt like, even though I could tell that there was some definite, you know, trauma based reactions, even as a kid, I could tell there's heart here. There's love here. There's hurt. There's wounds that are deeper. I just wanted them to have what I knew they could have, which was peace if they just knew that. And so often, you know, of course I went to therapy for this as an older person. Like, why are you doing therapy on your parents at seven? (laughs) Like, like, let's just say that's a given. Um, Like moving on with that, like when I had my first, uh, you know, Enneagram couple, I got to see this play out with such depth so much more quickly than a lot of my other couples. I had spent about Mm -hmm. 10 to 13 years prior to my Enneagram work with couples, really working hard to assess. For a while, I was the only out of 15 people. I was the only one doing clinical assessments, the only one who wanted to touch that heavy stuff. I was always fascinated by it. But when I got to the Enneagram, I was like, oh, you know, I can let down the MMPI, the FIRO-B, the MBTI, all these other tests. I'm even doing the picture cards with people to try to get the psychodynamic deeper layers. And the Enneagram offers that in a very helpful way. And so this first couple just, and ever, every couple since then that has used this tool with me, we've all been just blown away by the fact that we can go deeper sooner. And that leads to understanding yes. and yeah. that understanding leads to compassion. And then that leads to peace. And so that's what I really want is peace for couples because we all know how much better it feels when your marriage is more of an oasis than a war zone so that we can bring that oasis to the world and say like, here, we have a peaceful place from which to serve our gifts in. Now, how can we help others? So thank you for just noting that I'm not trying to stop couples right at the like, let's just dote on each other all day. That's great. Let's do some of that, but let's use our gifts to serve the world. 
that's good. How did you see it change your marriage? Well, we had the same thing happening where we would use a lot of my general marriage tools and they would carry us to certain places, but that compassion was missing in terms of what we were each missing in our gifts. We would say like, I tend to have that fundamental attribution error where I see my stuff as like part of my trauma and, you know, I just need a lot of compassion for who I am, my best and my worst. But as far as you go, it feels like you're doing this intentionally or maliciously. And when we were able to peel back the layers of like, no, this person is hurting in a way that I never knew, that helped so much. It doesn't take away the need for apology or for growth. It just puts you at this place of like, you know what? I thought that they were being intentional when they were hurting me and I don't think they were anymore. And that changes things up quite a bit. Even if there's a little bit of intentionality, there's also a different layer that I didn't know existed and they're just human too. And they're just broken too. And that just grounds us all, doesn't it? When we share that vulnerability, which leads me back to your book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I love how you quantified that because I think there's two dynamics, regardless of who you are. There's the cultural dynamic of what is celebrated. Mm-hmm. And so that personality type, that work ethic type, that um, there's that cultural uh, appreciation that if you don't fit into that and you don't really know who you are, culture kind of tells you who you are. And mm-hmm. if you were never meant to be that person, then you just live in like guilt and shame that you're never enough. Mm. Or you live in um, the guilt and shame of like not wanting these expectations. And so I love how you put that in a way that it just gives um, agency for us to say, this is how I'm wired. So it allows me to to show up and how God wired me as opposed mm. to how culture has wired me. Um, yes. But then too, being able to fight fair with that compassion. Um, I think, you know, the couples that we, you know, have coached or did pastoral counseling over the past 20 plus years, um, it just always felt like that missing until we could get them to see exactly what you saw. Mm. It was really hard to get to the trauma side of things or the, cause we were so hung up on like, why Mm. can't you just yeah. And that statement is just defeating in, in all things. Mm. Um, as you are, you know, into marriage, like thinking about who you were, then grad school, raising mm-hmm. kids, you are embarking in this next season. Justin and I just looked at each other yesterday and I was like, if we hadn't adopted, we would be for real legit mm. empty nesting right now. Um, yeah. As you think of like who you are in this season, Mm-hmm. How are you finding like um, perspective and hope, you know, like the couples that you're meeting yeah. with of what you learn, you kind of have like the gift of perspective yeah. that has allowed you to maybe lead in a different way through this book, not so much with authority, mm-hmm. but just with the clarity of like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Trisha. And it really leads me to think about how I walk couples through the seasons of relationship in my book, because Mm. I have, like I said, Wes and I were sort of old souls when we met at that young age because of all of the work we'd already had to do sort of to survive. Um, That's a bit of why I felt like even in my early twenties, people, I would be 24 doing 
therapy with people who are much older than me. And they would say, um, there would be pictures of like another therapist, teenagers on the wall behind me. And they were like, oh, I just thought those were your kids and you're in your late thirties. I'm like, thanks. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank God this is a field where getting older is a blessing, I guess. But like, you know, <laughs> so that's part a little of bit it. Too much authenticity. <laughs> right? <laughs> like you're aging me. Um, but like, as we, as we kind of walked through just the little kid years, I feel like one of the the therapists that we saw who was actually from my team of therapists, uh, she really gave me that perspective in a beautiful way. She was in her mid sixties when she saw when Wes and I, we were going through a, a family issue of our own. And she said, when I was in my thirties with little kids, she said, I had no idea what I was doing. It was terrifying. And my husband and I now in our early sixties after hip replacements and such, she's like, we would never revisit those crazy days. And it just <laughs> helped me. And I never forgot that how she was like, there's just, you know, after that honeymoon season, there's just sort of a terrifying season of like, maybe you've checked off your goals. You've done some of your college, you've landed the job or the house or something. And then there's, you guys can relate. Probably there's all of a sudden the stopping point of like, who am I? Who are we? How did we get here? And mm-hmm. it can be just so dark and shadowy as you start to, you know, just get build up resentments, anger, exhaustion, you name it. Everyone has a different way of coping with the season, but we just sort of learned this is normal. And that if you can allow yourself to lament and grow and immerse in some work and Mm -hmm. get some good solid support team going, that you're going to make it, you're going to be okay. So that lent me to be able to process these relationship stages with couples and then to do our Enneagram work together, just lent us even more nuance with how we could shape our mission after we arose from the shadows together. So, yeah. That's so good. Um, I, I got to tell you a quick story. So I, I'm doing uh, some coaching with a guy yesterday, and mm-hmm. he starts describing uh, a discussion, a discussion that he and his mm-hmm. wife get into, and mm-hmm. she brings up her Enneagram number. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, you, you know, I'm this number. And, and so they start having this discussion. And mm-hmm. I said, um, she said, he said, she loves this lady on Instagram. Her name's Krista Harden. And I go. Oh. Oh, you mean this Krista Harden right here? And he's like, what? He's like, do you have that book? I said, we're interviewing her for a podcast. And I could have said, I could have walked on water right there. That's, that's how much he and his wife think of you. And so I just, just know that, that your, you know, your message on Instagram and the message of this book, it is so needed. But as you think about uh, one of the things that Trish and I were laughing about, and like by laughing, I mean embarrassed by uh, when, uh, before we got on this call. You you guys, I mean, those who are part of the Let's Get Real community, they know we get really real. And you guys, we were reading Krista's book, like, just to get, like, we hadn't talked about it together. Trish goes, let me tell you what an eight is. And so then she starts reading like the, the dark side of an eight, but it was, it was true. Like I did go I, to the dark side of the three though. Yeah. Too, and like, she, let me make you feel better yeah. real, real quick before we get to this talk. Yeah. But what, one of the things that you say about an eight is they have a very difficult time accepting uh, other people's ideas. Um, mm. And when they're, when they're on the shadow side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I literally, I thought of, you know, there was just almost like a, a a slideshow that went up in front of my eyes from memories of shutting Trisha down or mm. making her feel like her opinion wasn't valued as much as mine, uh, whether mm. that be financially or that be uh, in the context of ministry or 
not necessarily parenting. I feel like we've, we've done a really good job of, of mm. in that area of giving mm-hmm. and taking, but um, just um, powering up or trumping her, her idea and, and her being a three, that's a core wound. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? And so um, the just, fact that we're married is just yeah. a marriage yeah. testimony of God's <laughs> grace. Yeah. I, think, I think I told you um, in our Instagram live that one of the, we had a, a life coach uh, last summer that said, you know, when you guys are healthy, you're amazing. And when you're mm. not healthy, you're a train wreck. Yeah. Um, how, how can a couple not just focus on the dark side of what they bring to a marriage, but how can they maybe accentuate the other person's strengths and, and help each other live in the healthy version mm. of themselves? Mm. This is a great question. Um, and I feel really like easy to hear the answer. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yay. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's, I like how you guys were light with how you, we always want to hold the Enneagram fairly light in terms of like, you know, obviously whenever we're saying you're this number, we want to use perfect person first language. We want to be able to say, I'm, you know, I'm not just pointing that you're always in this dark space or even projecting because what we can do in a negative way is we can chain, like you could do this. So you will do this. And that's the most dangerous yeah. use of any tool. It's like throw the book out if you're going to do that. But what mm. we can also do is say, look at you and what we could be and what I already see becoming in you. And we know from books like Atomic Habits down to research on marriage and the narrative theory that and let's just go Philippians 4, 8 here, you know, thinking on good things and casting that vision for one another is absolutely the path to the best marriage. So this is me giving you a roadmap to say, look at who you can be together when you get your self-care, when you're regulated, when you take time with God, when you release uh, and confess, this is who you can be. And this is so beautiful. And don't you want to cast that light versus kind of playing in like what C.S. Lewis would say, the mud puddles, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, when we know that's really on the dark side of of all of our types is just complete crap. There's nothing good there. So I'm just yeah. pointing that out for people. And I honestly had a really long time of prayer and anguish even as I planned for that chapter where I walk through the high level, mid-level and low level for each type. And the only reason I finally added that in was I knew that all the couples who saw me deserved and needed to know what we want to avoid what we don't want to happen to them. And also for them to be able to be honest, because some of us use the Enneagram to just sort of say, Hey, I'm great. And we look at only the bright side and we never like what Wes and I did. We never look at the dark side of ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I wanted us to have the opportunity, but to also remember, especially for those who share my faith here, that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So let's Mm -hmm. use these tools to rise up. Ooh. Okay. Let's pray. (laughs) I, I, you know, it's hard because you, you put, um, you know, Justin and I, you know, and our, our community knows this, we've just kind of been through a, a lot, you know, and I think yeah, there's a, a beauty in the pain that we often say we go first to go second, mm-hmm. but it, it is a very slippery slope that we can live in the shadow lands mm-hmm. because it's like, yes, if yes. it is happened, like it's not a what if it has, yeah. you know, and some of the yeah. things we've experienced, how do you help someone who just lives in, I won't say the belief, but maybe the defeat mm-hmm. of like, they read those three different types mm-hmm. and they, not only do they understand and see themselves in the worst, that just truly is where they are. Mm-hmm. How, 
how do you encourage someone to say, but you don't have to stay there? Mm, It's a really great question. And it's twofold. One of them is in my book, I also give tips following that, how to love a person of that type so that the spouse can come around whether, and and you just named it too, just the part about like, we're all going to have ups and downs. So when your spouse is in the middle or the low level, here's how you can come around them more to build them up. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's you, it's important to look at where we are. You know, like my husband said recently on my podcast, he was like, he's medical, as I said. And so he's like, you know, people all the time walk around with diagnosis they don't know they have. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you can still live somewhat quality, but you might not know you've got something really hard or dark inside of you that can be fixed. And so it's really helpful to look to just see, oh, wow, ouch, here I am. But let's not despair because we know that's not of God. Let's grow from there. And I give you tools and tips to do that. And they are nuanced for each type. But on the very most basic level, oftentimes you're running yourself ragged. So just coming into the Lord's rest, you know, he says, come to me, all you who are tired and weary, and I'll give you rest. That's my life first. And it's just a good Mm -hmm. one for anyone to start with. Like if there's no cell phone charge or the light bulb's off, how can you cast the light on others? If the candles out. So finding nuanced ways you can authentically, but also uh, healthily come back into self-soothing and into healthier rhythms for yourself with God. These are the basis for how we can start to build up, to cast a light on others. We'll never be able to do that if we don't have any uh, oxygen for ourselves. That's right. So good. You mentioned this a little bit at the very beginning that you and your husband were an opposite attract couple. I think a lot of couples find themselves in that, that what was attractive when you were dating, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so cute that he's so laid back and now he's passive. It's so cute that she's so organized and now she's demanding Um, as Mm. you get married. Are are there Enneagram types that don't work that, or that Mm. you don't work, you know, you don't think work as a couple? Um, or how, how do you, uh, people are uh, listening to this going, Oh boy, I gotta, I'm embracing myself for this. <laughs> Thank you. That's Don't a great question. Three. Don't say eight and three. You're in someone's trouble. We've already webbed and beat ourselves. Uh, well, oh that is very good that you guys have WebMD'd yourselves because you know what? That is a humble place of like, you know what? We can be a hot mess together. Or you guys said that train wreck. We could also be flying high. My imagery that an artist did for me on my 8.3 Glow Guide is a rocket shooting off. It's one of my favorite images because you mm. guys just, oh, wow. You just can do so much so big together, especially we're hearing you're uh, a bestseller on you know, USA Today, like this is your marriage at its best. And so every pairing, whether it's going to be loud and uh, inflamed like that and just shooting up like rockets or just quieter sparks, you have a gorgeous glow. You have a gorgeous way to shine uh, because whenever you put two people together, there's going to be some, even within say two threes or two sixes, there's going to be some variety, uh, some different nuance, some different layering of uh, the polarity of male femaleness. And this is going to be a gorgeous uh, when you're healthy together just way of shining for Christ in the world. Um, and of course, every single time we can all choose or find ourselves at least in those shadows of our type individually. So each pairing also not only can cast an individual shadow, but also a collective shadow. Like an example as Wes and I in our one seven, we can write books. We can, we just took, uh, eight, teens on a fun vacation this weekend. It was innocent. It was good. It was so much better than what I would have been doing at 18 and was doing at 18. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like this is 
our glow, honey. But like when we've been at our worst, we've sort of lost some of our more, I would say, uh, you know, millennial, young millennial Gen Z nieces and nephews by a spirit of judgment because we're both idealists. And we're like, oh, we just expect that everyone would rise up to our perfectionistic standards. And it's Mm. like, you can lose people with your types together too. So I just feel like to encourage every couple, do your work together to really round out that body of Christ. Like ideally you're not just a one or a six, but you're like, this is my main gift, but I'm learning how to become more expansive so that I can get to help anybody in my family or friends, or like we were sharing our kids. We just want to bless everybody we come in contact with. And so knowing that each type and pairing has their gift, I hope encourages you to know yes. And keep growing and keep learning about the other types. So you can even be more expansive. What, what, I feel encouraged in that statement is you touched back into the cultural piece mm-hmm. that, you know, we can't, we can't hide completely behind a, a personality or um, mm-hmm. likes or even our faith. There, there is a need to engage with our world, mm-hmm. to engage with yes. our neighbor, to engage with our spouse. And I think yeah. what I love about what you are saying is it not only the, uh, my friend Brandy Wilson says the healthiest me is the healthiest we. Mm, and that has just always good. stuck with me that like, wow, the healthier you become as a person, the overflow is to mm. become, um, you know, we just had this conversation with one of our kids of like, we want you to be the healthiest you. And when you choose that, the overflow is that you will have a healthy relationship with us. Mm. Um, it goes back to that oxygen so mask. So for the good. for the for the that. person you know, our, a lot of our audience um, over the years has been built because of kind of destructive patterns in our marriage that kind of not kind of they completely you know destroyed our relationship eighteen mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. and so that authenticity and, and sharing we have attracted couples who have been in crisis and are now healed. We've attracted Mm. couples that have been in crisis and are now divorced. For the Mm. person that's had a relationship fail Mm -hmm. um, or isn't married right now and feels like um, they, they are the common denominator. They're, they're, Mm. you know, they're broken. Um, How can the Enneagram help them find hope and healing so that they can enter into a, a new relationship um, with, you know, with more optimism and, and, uh, more realistic expectations. Hmm. I think that, uh, there's two things they can do. One is going to be even outside of the Enneagram. Just one of my favorite verses is second Corinthians 12, nine, because it reminds us that in our weakness, God's power is foremost. And that is just something to cling to is when you do sort of take that mask off and see, ah, this is me at my worst. And my friends and family have been confirming that I do this. It's an opportunity to say, God, Thank you for showing me this. And thank you for reminding me that you can use the weak and imperfect things to do beautiful Mm. things. And you use them all the time. And all of the heroes in the Bible, by the way, if you're listening and that's you, they're messed up just like all of us, (laughs) you know, super messed up. This is like, yeah, come on, incest, adultery, anything and everything add to that. It's like, come on, we're just all messed up. We all have sin. Um, And so the Enneagram helps you, yes, to notice that they call it vice, passion, or sin, um, but that place of darkness in you. And you can just be honest with God right there and authentic and just say, Lord, this is who I am. 
how can you use me? And I give you tools in my book, but there's also many places you can explore that through the Enneagram to say like, what would it look like for me to be a healthier too? Well, it would look like, you know, taking that vice, my particular vice would be pride in that case and really allowing myself to come into my virtue of humility. Or for me as a seven, my overdoing and gluttony to be able to say, instead of just that, can I bring my emotions to you, God, so that I could come into my virtue of sobriety? And that is really a beautiful part of the Enneagram where we can link arms with not just sin in general, but like, what is my sin? And now I can move out of that sin into virtue. And it's a really great way for you to shape your community again, because people start to see you being more of like a light than a dark force in their lives. And they're like, you know, I've had that with I use the example of two where I'm like, I'm watching somebody do their Enneagram work and all of a sudden I'm not afraid to connect with them anymore because I'm like, their pride isn't going to try to stomp me down. They actually care and they're humble. Like I want to be with them now. So that will help you to find a partner who can see that emerging virtue and they'll be able to say, oh, I want to link up with them. Now, of course you want to do the same with them and make sure that they're trying, no one's perfect, but trying to embrace their virtues so that they can have a better light to shine with you. When you were talking, the the follow-up question that came to mind is, and it kind of goes with like what we do here on the Let's Get Real podcast. For those of us who have had relationships that it's just like, no matter what we do, it just doesn't get better. Yeah. And yeah. what would be your encouragement? I, I always use kind of like the thought of beca- becoming healthy will either inspire people to become healthy with you Mm-hmm. Or it will cast a, um, a a light that isn't bright, like on the side of the glory of God. It's this bright light that feels exposing, mm-hmm. and so they're they're adversarial in response to your health. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage mm-hmm. the person listening who just is kind of at a, a a breaking point of just feeling like they are carrying the weight of a relationship or? Hmm. Um, how would, how would you encourage them to keep moving towards health and discovery about themselves? Hmm. Well, one of the examples I can always come back to is that Jesus often took time to pray and just in solace with his father. And so taking some time for quiet prayer and contemplation, taking some deep breaths, getting some healthy self-care, not selfish self-care where it's all about you all day, but just some replenishment each day. A lot of people don't know they're worthy of that, worth it. Like I said, everyone's broken. Mm-hmm. You're still worthy of rest. You're still allowed to take that time to just try to figure out what helps you to sleep and have your basic window of tolerance open, which means we need good sleep, good fitness, and good nutrition. And if you can start there, it'll help to shine your light in a more beautiful way in general. Um, Also, you might need some, I think in marriage, we often need good boundaries with our spouses, even when they're pretty healthy, to be able to say like, maybe you don't understand me fully even after learning the Enneagram, or maybe they don't like the Enneagram. And you can say, one of my boundaries is, you know, as a type nine, I never felt heard. And so when we are conversing, if we're going to have this conversation, I'm going to make sure that I'm heard or I'm not willing to have this conversation. So there are pieces that you can bring in that will be healthy boundaries for you and healthy self-care so that you can still live well. Healthy community, finding a church, no church is perfect, but a place of safety and community and a small group to support you. These are key ways for you to still have this safe place to grow and to learn. And sometimes that's 
enough and your marriage will make it. Sometimes, like we said, your partner will keep spinning out and it won't make it and you're still beloved. And you know what? They Mm. are too. If they're here, if there's life, there's hope, like Tolkien says, my favorite author. So I'm not saying cast them out into the darkness, but just, you know, it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay that sometimes a marriage doesn't make it, but when it can, and when you can regulate yourself, I do want people to hear this, that there are seasons where we carry each other, sometimes years where one of us is healthier than the other. Wes and I have had that on both sides. I watched my parents do that. I watched people cast my dad off as not very good as a husband. And then after my mom's stroke and getting sick for 12 years, he literally diapered her with schizophrenia. And he was so sad when she died. And here I thought he'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you God for releasing this crazy burden. And he was like writing poetry every day. Like this was my bride. Like it shows me the seasons of marriage are very deep and we can carry each other if we can get those pieces of self-care with the Lord. Uh, so do be, you know, wise about it. Don't carry someone around who's abusive, but also hear me when I say there's going to be a lot of seasons. So you got to carry each other through those. That was beautiful. Man, I got me emotional. (laughs) The book is Enneagram in your marriage. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, it is revealing. Um, (laughs) It is homework for Trish. Justin, our next podcast. We, we may do a follow-up podcast with the two of us uh, kind of doing a deep dive. I think yes, it'll be fun. You guys Thank should. you so much for um, your heart for people. And um, I always love hearing when people have, you know, degrees, especially in this area, that you've continually been a student mm. and, in learning. And I think that inspires us to remember, like, even professionals as uh, married couples, as parents, like we never arrive and that's okay, but we mm-hmm. can, we can um, arrive into like our glow up self, like into yes. the glow of who we are. And I think the shadow parts remind us of, as you said, in our weakness, he is strong and mm-hmm. it, even the shadows can give glory of how yes. God brought yeah. us out. So thank you so Amen. much for this book. Thank you for um, just your uh, passion, not only for people, but just obviously your heart for belonging and reaching out mm. to Justin. I just can't tell you that just made my heart. Just it was well so up awesome because um, we started following each other on Instagram. Then I, she's like, well, let's do an Instagram live together. And her Instagram followers are exceptionally more than mine. And so just to be invited into that, it was just so generous of you. And um, I'm just, I'm praying wildly for the success of your book and just how many marriages are going to be impacted by it. You know, we do coaching with couples. And so this is going to be a huge resource for us as well. So glad you guys are too generous. You guys have such a beautiful glow. I can see it. I love the way that you are shaping the world. Continue to share your beautiful gifts out there too. Thank you guys for letting me be part of this today. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Guys, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Let's Get Real podcast. Next week, we are joined by our good friend, Jason Romano, and he is going to walk us through a powerful story of personal forgiveness uh, in relationship to his father. And so if you have any relationship at all that's ever been broken, this is going to be a powerful episode for you to tune in. So join us next week uh, for the Let's Get Real podcast. We'll talk to you then.